hi welcome to a backlist and chill podcast i am ollie from near philadelphia i am Cinna from ohio and we are here with episode three of season two we're chatting about shattered mirror mm-hmm. by amelia atwater rhodes this mm-hmm. is the third book in the den of shadows series and we're drinking we're drinking. We're fortifying ourselves with alcohols. Yes, we are. What are you drinking? Mm, so today I am drinking a variation on an absinthe cocktail called the Broken Mirror. Yes. I've changed it, which means I get to name it. So mm-hmm. I'm calling it the Shattered Mirror. There you go. It is equal parts absinthe. I use absinthe. Lime juice. Mm-hmm. And then equal parts simple syrup, which I made myself out of two parts water, one part sugar, and I nice. boiled it. And it's like, it's, it's a little syrup. It's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then a, a good sprig of mint from my teeny tiny mint plant that I Aww. grew from some mint. And like, I just shoved it in water. It's never been in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> now, how does this differ from a broken mirror? The Broken Mirror has chartreuse in it, which is an mm. expensive, like, $55 bottle. So... Mine is not with the chartreuse or the bitters. How about you? What are you drinking? So I am drinking a black and white. Ooh, appropriate. It is appropriate. Yes, thank you. That's why I chose it. Um, It is two parts heavy cream, one part vanilla vodka, and then an entire sample size of chocolate liqueur. You're also supposed to use a chocolate swizzle stick to mix it all together. Uh, I just elected to dump a bunch of chocolate syrup in there because I've had chocolate liqueur before and it's gross. So Was that the one you had like two episodes ago? No, it's the one I had for blend chocolate. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And I remember you did not like it. No, I didn't. Uh, so I'm so you're suffering for your art. It smells like milk, except... With, like, that gross Booze. alcohol smell. And yeah, it's been sitting tinge. out for a little bit, so it's going to be really yeah. risky. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually Ugh. not too bad. Okay. Well, it's that's not good. bad. <sighs> All right. So, so. Let's, uh, let's talk about this here book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this book is published in 2001. September. September 2001. And... It is by Delacorte Press, an imprint of Random House Children's Books. It is, uh, it says 240 pages on the paperback. Let me check and see. I think it was slightly longer in hardcover. Uh, Oh, no, slightly less. So, Shattered Mirror by Amelia Atwater Rhodes. To the casual observer, Christopher Ravina and Sarah Vita look like normal high school students. There's nothing to clue their classmates in to their real identities. He's a vampire who has sworn off human blood. She's a witch, a daughter of the most powerful vampire-hunting dynasty in history. Although Sarah recognizes Christopher as her enemy from the moment she sees him, he's too weak to sense her witch aura and keep his distance. In fact, he's attracted to her, and he pursues her. Slowly, without meaning to, Sarah finds herself won over by his sensitivity, his gentleness, his kindness. When they're together, she forgets that he's a vampire. Unfortunately, when they're apart, it's all she can remember. According to Vita Law, no hunter can befriend a vampire without facing unimaginable consequences. But when Sarah finally decides to reveal herself and end their friendship, she discovers that Christopher has secrets too. 
His past and her future collide as they both get tangled up with Nicholas, one of the most reviled vampires ever. Suddenly, a world where right and wrong were once as clear as black and white leaves room for little more than shades of gray. So, this book, let's chat about when did you read it? I know. Well, so, like, we, uh, September 11th. Yeah, let's talk about that. That is actually literally the day that it came out. Yeah, uh, we were gonna go to the mall to pick it up. And then, you know, stuff happened. And shit happened. And we didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so, I don't know, I got it sometime after that, I assume. But that's what I remember about this book, being so excited to go get it. And then the world changed. I lived like half an hour outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. And I had friends who were in Boston like later on that day mm-hmm. heading out because um, Boston was letting people like get on the, the trains uh, for free. Like if you wanted to get out of the city because you were afraid uh, that something terrible could happen because something terrible right. had happened. Mm-hmm. You could just get on the train and leave. So my my friend Damon, uh, his uncle was he was at the location, and so he was really freaked out and he wanted to like come hang out with us, uh, me and my at the time boyfriend and our friends. And so he was like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna take the the Fitchburg line out to you guys because I can get on it for free." And we're like, "Absolutely, Damon, come on, let's go." And uh, so like he was. You know, he was hanging around waiting for word that his uncle was okay. Ultimately, the story is good. His uncle did get out. Like, he, like, fucking jumped. He, like, had to, like, jump out of the, like, first story uh, or second story window or whatever. Oh but, like, onto, like, rubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there was, like, that real serious connection of, oh, shit, really terrible stuff is happening. But my my friend's book was out today. And, like, I had been in the the writing group, and there was discussion about it, and there was discussion about, like, oh, the title and things like that, and, and all that. So, like, there was build-up and lead-up, and, like, we were, the, we were all very supportive of our friend, Amelia Atwater Rhodes. And ultimately, I was like, you know what, I need some fucking normalcy mm-hmm. <laughs> in my life today. And, like, you know, Dame, Dame's come on up, so let's let's hit up the mall. It was, like, half an hour away. And uh, we went there, and we went to the borders, and I grabbed the book. Uh, Because I just, I needed to do something I was supposed to do that day. Wow, so you did go out and get it day of, huh? Yeah, and it was like, it was very important to do that for me. Because like I said, I didn't go to school. All of this fucking shit was going on. My friend was freaked out, you know. Mm -hmm. So we were just like, let's let's do something normal. Like we went out there, we went to the restaurants that were up there. Like, you know, trying really hard to maintain any sort of, like, head on all our shoulders so that we didn't just stare at the TV all day. Right, yeah. No, that's fair. So I did get it on on September 11th, and I did pick it up, and, like, it was such a weird, somber mood on everything. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I mean, like, obviously not weird at the time, but when you look back on it, it's like, wow. (laughs) It's a very weird association to have. Mm-hmm. With this book, <laughs> September 11th, associated right. with your fucking dumb vampire book. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is just like my friend's book, and I just <laughs> want to support them. And, you know, and in the weeks that, that came, like, there was the information that, like, Random House had an office in one of the buildings that, that collapsed. Oh, wow. Um, and so, like, a lot of people who worked for Random House died in the attack. Um Really? Yeah. It's such a weird historical <laughs> thing 
to to have like tapped into one's brain. Yeah. Like, huh, this is a very connected to this tragedy book, even though the book has nothing to do with it. Even here, let me see if I can go back to the original book. Right. So some of some of the pages on Goodreads will list that, you know, the published date was September eleventh, two thousand one. Um Others changed it to October. Um, some really? subsequent, yeah, some subsequent editions list that it was published in October, just to get away from the association of being like, no, let's not. <laughs> wow. So it was, it was really, it was really rough. And of course, like, I mean, I was doing my own shit. I wasn't like super good friends in the sense of like we didn't, you know, like hang out constantly. But this had to have affected the author. Yeah, no, it's kind of a bummer, right? Kind of a little bit of a bummer. Gearing up for your thing, and then suddenly, suddenly everything changes. Like, how how do you go on tour? How do you do stuff? Right, how do you promote? Yeah, how do you say hi? Okay, but meanwhile, me and my my vampire fiction book. (laughs) Yeah, that had to be excruciatingly terrible. Yeah, so, like, uh, great respect for uh amelia that like there was that there was more you know because like obviously the fourth book was probably already in and things like that Mm -hmm. but out of this we get like some changes in hawk song that led to like that whole second series being kind of the way it was Hmm. like because of this yeah yeah huh like it was, it was really on you know on her mind. Uh, I know that there was some information on the old site and stuff of being like, "Hey, I I had to think about what made this kind of thing happen." So was anyone surprised? It was on my mind. Huh, that's interesting. I don't remember seeing that, but yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So that's the somber meta. Yeah. On, uh, on shattered mirror, and uh, it makes me feel badly that I've got so much that i want to say oh yeah <laughs> yeah we're gonna start out on kind of a low note but then we're gonna go high we're gonna talk about this no we're not no we're not because this book's not not good yeah. not good <laughs> we got problems as always we understand that the the author was a teenager when this yes. was written yeah i'm clearly i i've been thinking about it the past couple of days as we read and my thought is that when reading this book as a kind of fantasy by and for teenagers it becomes way less terrifying (laughs) in certain places yeah Uh, i agree when you just look at it as the book itself which is how you and i tend to look at these things Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i i think that the context is very important that it was written by somebody very young this is not something that an adult was reading and trying to give to young people this is right within like the the teenage like mind right and so people right. talk about that a lot when you talk about problematic romances where mm-hmm. you you have this school of thought where it's like well you know romance writing gives women a safe space to explore you know things Fantasies. in real life would be terrible yeah uh and then you know the people like well but that is, you know, a product of the culture that we're in and, and right. the way that that imprints itself on you and in both are right. You need, you need to have places to work this shit out. But wow, <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> There's a oh, lot going on here. Wow. Yep. So how do you how do you want to start? Did you want to go through the plot 
What do you? I mean, I think we should at least start with the basics of what the plot is. I I know we tend to start from there and go tangent. (laughs) Okay. But uh, the gist that I can get for people off of the blurb that we had there. So Sarah is a a vampire hunter. She's like she's a a Buffy archetype: blonde hair, blue eyes, kicking ass, taking names, falling for vampires, girl, etc., etc. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So Sarah has been. Uh, living in the city, the city's never mentioned, but as they are moved to Acton, Massachusetts, I'm going to assume that it's Boston. Boston is all of half an hour-ish away, maybe even less depending upon how you drive. And she is already going to be moving to Acton because she got in a fight at school, killing a vampire, um, broke some school property, and they they kicked her out of school. The city is described as, like, it's safe to hunt in the city, which I find really interesting and would have really liked to have honestly seen like that story first this story second like i think there's a lot to mine with sarah on the arcs that she goes through mm-hmm. uh, but so she like she's got to leave her friends and stuff and she's supposed to start school tomorrow and uh she gets called in by someone who recognizes a nicholas's marks on a a gal who got a flat tire and came up to the gas station is flipping shit um and so Sarah shows up and tails this girl to a party that is a vampire party called here in Bashes. And it's way above her pay grade. <laughs> like there are <laughs> way too powerful of vampires, but she was the only one that could get there um, because we don't have cell phones. Because honestly, I think had we had cell phones, someone was like, Nicholas is at this party. All of the fucking witches would have descended on this With place. With a text, for sure. She does say that she tries to call people and gets busy signals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's what I mean. It's like, she doesn't have the ability to cell phone a bunch of people. Yep. Um, Group text. Group text, right? Man, vampires must be super fucking scared now. All the fucking (laughs) haunters and witches can organize. Yep. So she goes to this party. uh, She gets dealt a bad hand by, like, too powerful of a vampire. Gets hurt. Her arm is broken. And uh, Karen comes back briefly a couple times in this book to help heal Sarah whenever Sarah Sarah is in pain. Um, So she goes to school with this broken arm. Uh, Brand new kiddo. It's the end of October, probably like October 28th or so, a Wednesday. Halloween is on Saturday. And she happens to sit right next to this guy named Christopher. (laughs) And he's totally a vampire and she recognizes it and he doesn't because he's like so weak and he definitely doesn't feed on humans. And she'd been warned by Karen. She's like, yeah, there's a couple vampires at school. Fucking leave them alone. They're part of single earth, probably. Uh, They're not. (laughs) And so Sarah's like, oh, they must be single earth vampires because they are so weak. And she also ends up fucking magically next to this other fucking vampire in art class and sculpture. And so it's like, God damn it, Sarah, are you just like super drawn to all these vampires? All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that is like of all the people in all the schools that she could have been and friends with. all the people, you happen <laughs> to sit next to two fucking vampires in two fucking classes. And just become besties. Right? And so they hang out at lunch and all that shit. And she's like, ah, oh, God, I've got to like not be friends with these kids. And then she starts getting poetry from Christopher. Oh my God. And she's like, oh, this is really sweet. And her sister's like, you gotta fucking stop this. She's like, all right, all right, all right, I will. 
And then finally, like, she does try to talk to them. She goes to their house on Friday night and oops, it's a vampire party because they're vampires and they're not part of Single Earth. And then they're like, oh, uh, oops, let's tell you us our backstory. Oh my so God. So we get their fucking backstory, which we'll talk about. So she tries to break it off with him at the dance on Saturday and he's all like, fine, mer, mer, mer. I don't like you anyway. She goes and hangs out at Single Earth for the night and skips the family holiday and when she's there, Christopher just happens to bring some blood-bonded girl there who got hurt at a different party. And so she goes and hunts down. At this point, she hunts down. How does she get to Nicholas? Oh, so there's this other kid at school named Robert and his sister had an encounter with Nicholas. He gives her the address. She goes there. She encounters Nicholas. Oh, no, Nicholas is totally Christopher's twin. Twinsies. She hesitates. And he's like, ha ha ha, let me torture you this whole time. And there's mm. a bunch of fucking horrifying shit that happens there. Then there's more stuff with uh, Robert's sister, Christine. Nissa's like, why did you hurt Christopher's feelings? She's like, all right, whatever. She goes and hunts down Nicholas again. And Kaleo, but how do you say it? Kaleo. You say it? It's fucking Kaleo. Kaleo. Kaleo, which is a Hawaiian name, but mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. Kaleo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Sarah, like, is all bravado and trying to kill Nicholas by her damn self. And then Christopher shows up and there's a little bit of a fight and she hurts Christopher. And Nicholas is all like, rawr, not my brother. She's <laughs> like, why isn't my marks next to your marks, your brother? Mm. Christopher's like, Sarah, I need you to shut the fuck up because I really want to rape you. I mean, eat you right oh, now, so no. please stop. Oh. And Sarah gets hurt. Then they go and they talk to Kristen, aka Christine, and get more information because Sarah now has Nicholas's name written up her fucking arm in goddamn scarification. They get more information and then this is like, I can help her. Let me get Nicholas. Everybody's like, why the fuck did you bring him here? He's like, I didn't do this. I'm not that bad. I just fucking scar people. Yeah. Like, Dude, whatever. And uh, he's a self-admitted killer, but suddenly he's all hard. And he writes her a fucking another poem and invites her to this other party. And then Dominique fucking finds Sarah sleeping and binds her power and is like, I'm going to fucking try you on tomorrow night. And we're probably going to take away your power and disown you. Right. Because she's been fraternizing with vampires. Yeah. She's like, well, fuck it. Uh, I'm probably gonna basically be dead tomorrow anyway. Even if my family doesn't kill me, the vampires I've hunted down will definitely kill me. So fuck this shit. I'm going to the thing that Nicholas invited me to, you know, to kill me. (laughs) She goes there and it's just her and Nicholas and Christopher. And there's more her just being a sexy lamp while (laughs) uh, fucking want to have sex with her. But it's really just feeding on her together. It's It's so fucked. Mm. Mm-hmm, we'll get there. And uh, then suddenly at the end, like, they they both blood bond her, they feed from her, they give her a bit of their blood each. Uh, you know, they they tag team her, they Eiffel Tower her, it's a thing. <laughs> and then we switch for two chapters? Can I, can I just say real quick, yeah. I really wanted to make the Eiffel Tower joke, and I'm really mad at you right now. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> but I'm glad we had the same thought. <laughs> continue though i'll get mine in later go on go you'll on. get yours in you'll get yours <laughs> all right so it's it's one chapter of suddenly we switch to adiana's perspective for some reason even though the whole book has been from sarah's because sarah literally passes out and is not here for this kind of bit of a climax mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and uh <laughs> then sarah wakes up 
and she's hungry, and so Christopher's like, I'll feed her my blood. Which, as we know from, from forests, when Rasika feeds on Aubrey, his mind is now completely open to her. He can never sneak up on her. So presumably the same thing with Christopher and Sarah. And he's like, oh, we won't force you to do anything except, you know, when we turned you to a vampire. Uh, yeah, so Adia tries to, to save Sarah, but is like, oh no, there's no way I can possibly make the choice to kill her or make her human. And Christopher's like, I'll change her into a vampire. And we'll talk about that. Right, Christopher's um, like, no, it's fine. I'll make those choices. We're good. We're good. good. I-, I can make this choice for this girl. It's all good. And uh, yeah, and then she's like, hey, I've got to kind of do my own thing for a while. Figure out my shit because like all my whole world has been turned upside down. And uh, then Christopher's like, okay, cool. But by the way, I love you. <laughs> Let me kiss you. I'm so awful. <laughs> and and that's that's it. You know, they kiss. And he apologizes for shit he's done now and in the future, rather than not doing fucked up shit in the future. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, she has forever. That's it. That's the book. Oh my god! Oh my god! Hello, friend. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm good. Okay. I'm so good. So good. Mm-hmm. So we we read two books so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. One was like, I kind of fucking hate this character, yep. but I'm rooting for this other character. Yep. I don't know about this one. No. no I, I don't either. It's fucking trash. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to get it out of the way. I can't recommend this one. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh, so here's the thing. Uh, I can't recommend it as an adult. Uh, as a teenager, this is probably lots and lots of people's jam. It shouldn't be, but it probably is. Oh heck yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Lots my jam. This one. You know, well okay, so here's here's something. I did not like this book when I was young. I okay. did enjoy the vampire Eiffel Tower, so that was hot. <laughs> right, as a teenager, you're like, ooh, two vampires. Two vampires. Want me. But they don't. <laughs> Sexy. Um so those parts were fine. The rest of this was not I was not into it. Uh I actually read Midnight Predator a lot more. I don't I don't have that kind of attachment to this book. I started reading uh last night and I was like, you know, I honestly don't remember most of this. Yeah. Uh so I'm not sure what's coming. I can't like mentally reassess it the way I could demon in my the view where I was like, read. yeah, where I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm going to hate Jessica. She's terrible. I was reading <laughs> this, I was like, I don't know. I don't remember anything. It's you know, everything was a surprise for me. Everything you. was a new and horrible surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I've read the beginning of this one a bunch. Okay. But not the rest of it. So I, I had this kind of weird understanding of the book. Okay. Where because I had read like a bunch of read the beginning several times, I don't know why, it was just just it was just like the beginning. Mm-hmm. And all I really remembered is that like Christopher and barely even that there was a sister and like i thought that for some reason because nicholas never even really factored into most of those reads like nicholas is a bad dude and she's hunting him and i thought there was a lot more with the mother and the sister Mm -hmm. and and karen and like i forgot all about the christine subplot Mm -hmm. i forgot about robert i forgot about robert i forgot about kaleo i forgot about the backstory 
So here's the thing. I remembered the backstory, but I thought that like he was blamed for a murder that didn't happen mm. or that did happen that he didn't do. Mm-hmm. Instead of basically Not... just doing like an honor killing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was very shocking to be like, oh, no, he literally does this murder in front of the whole town. Oh, my God. No, this book and these people are so much worse than I remember or that you would reasonably ever expect them to be. Right. Because I walked away from the first, maybe, I think I've maybe read it twice in full. Um, I walked away from the book with that sense of, okay, I understand we're supposed to feel like Christopher's not that bad of a dude. So over the years, because like, mm-hmm. it's probably been 15-ish years, mm-hmm. maybe less, since I've read it in full ent- entirely, this just sense of, oh, if he's not that bad, he can't have actually committed a full-on murder. Mm-hmm. But no, he did. And, like, he is a murderer. He is a self-admitted killer. Like, they kill people, whether or not... Oh, and then there's the whole, like, oh, we kill people who want to be killed. We kill bad guys. And I'm like, mm. all right, Lestat. <laughs> no, listen. Don't fucking compare them to Lestat. Okay, Lestat has I'm more gonna, integrity yeah. than either of these two soppy motherfuckers. It's okay. Because I'm not saying he is Lestat. I'm saying he just wants to be Lestat. He does want to be Lestat. This is because true. he's all like, oh, we kill... And- Oh, I killed an innocent girl. Uh, okay. But he's like totally hunting down his Louis being like, I can't live without you. I hate hunting alone. Where are you? Why aren't you here? Uh, I miss you. Baby, come back. I brought you this beautiful girl who hurt you. (laughs) I hate it so much. Oh my God. Right. Okay. Oh my God. So so I couldn't, like, I thought they had a lot more time together too, Sarah and Christopher. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was not. <laughs> it just felt like I just remember there being more, more of everything. Yeah. This book yeah. is so, so like, I mean, I guess we can start talking with like the mechanical stuff, right? Because it's, right, yeah, yeah. it's pretty simple. This, way. Yeah. this book is fucking breakneck pacing. It really is. Things just the happen. sequel only One. takes place in, in a day from what I remember. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like this was, I mean, this is obviously proto the sequel, right? Because the yeah. sequel is the sequel. But this really feels like they're trying to tighten the timeline here because things just happen one after the fucking other and right like so the book starts on tuesday it ends i think monday morning or monday night Mm -hmm. that sounds right i could i lost track of the timeline except to know that things were happening like the next day and then the next day or the same day a couple hours later yeah like the only way that i can have any understanding of the timeline for the book not not just the backstory is that school started on wednesday the dance is on saturday okay I do remember them skipping to a Monday because I remember we were talking last night. I was like, this stuff happens in three days. But then I'm like, no, no, no. They get one Monday. So it's probably like a week generously. Yeah, no, I think Tuesday night she uh, goes to that that party where she breaks her arm. Wednesday, she goes to school. Uh, Thursday, she, I don't know, is chatting at school and his friends and is told you got to break it off, even though she's only known them for two days. Mm-hmm. Friday, she goes to Nissa and Christopher's party and they give her her back. They give her their backstory. That's Friday? That's Friday. Two days? Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday is the dance, which she's invited to. And then we skip all day Saturday. We just go from, well, are you sure you won't go to the dance? And then it's Friday, and then it's Saturday, and she goes to the dance, and they're there for five seconds, mm-hmm. and no, then she no, sees her 15, sister. Fifteen seconds. Okay, they get in one seconds. dance. They get one half a dance mm-hmm. before she sees her sister, and it's like whoops, and uh, breaks shit off with Christopher that she's known since literally Wednesday. It's been two days. It's been two it days. Was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three 
full days that she's known him. Like, I guess maybe four if you consider they met in the first class on Wednesday. Four damn days where she's probably had maybe a maximum of two or three hours of legitimate interaction with this mm-hmm. this dude. Because they have sister. like one class together. She has like one yeah, class they with Christopher have, like, and one class with one Nissa. One class with Christopher, one with Nissa, and, and then, then lunch. I think, like a class with Christopher, but like they're not they're on the opposite sides mm-hmm. of the class. And, yeah, and then lunch and like and then she hung out with them on Friday to get their fucking backstory. Mm. That's it. That's what she's had. So she's had classes with each of them in lunch. And then we skip to Saturday night and it's the dance and she's all dressed up like one of his fucking pictures. And which at the time reading it and honestly, even now, like looking at it, I do appreciate that Sarah was like, I've got this shit. Sure, I can do that. Like, I just wish there was more reason for her. Like, I wish she had liked him, had they had like known each other longer. Because like, that was ever. Yeah, like that was a really pretty image, but it felt really like out of nowhere because they didn't know each other. Yeah, no, so that's, there's, I have so many questions, but yeah, so mechanically, it's super fast, like, the kind of relationship building where, at the dance, when Christopher's like, no, you can leave your family and be friends with me, it's (laughs) like, you've known her for two days, why are you asking her to do this? You were sending me these, these, uh, book images of being like, Christopher, what are you doing? (laughs) serious! What are you doing? You've known her for two days. So, like, he's like a 300 or maybe 200, I guess it was the 1800s, so he's like a 250 I think, yeah. And he's a goddamn fucking adult, and he's like, (laughs) well, you could just, like, leave your family for me, and I'm like, you are so fucking horny for this goddamn (laughs) child. You're, I mean, but just in terms of pure timeline that you've known this girl for two days and you're telling her to run away from her family just to be friends. fucking witch vampire hunting family. You know what the problem is here. Right. And like, they're not even, he's not even really asking her to be his girlfriend. Exactly. Like he hasn't even gotten to that point yet. She's like, I can't be friends with you. He's like, why not? She's like, my family will disown me. He's like, well let your family disown you so we can go to school together and take lunch and I don't know, go see a movie or something like what? Right the dance. What the it's fuck? Like, no. What are you fuck talking you. about? Right. Like I really want Sarah to be like for all the shit that goes on in this, I'm very pro Sarah because she has been fucked over in this book. Real bad. And I, I do approve of the small ways she is allowed to assert her independence. Yeah, because I think that they're, like, mentally fucking with her head and not just on a verbal level, but, like, on a vampire level. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much shit, especially towards the end, that happens. She's all like, and then I do this thing and I just can't help myself. And I'm like, ah. (laughs) Consent. Consent. (laughs) Right? Your consent has been removed for, like, the last 50 pages of this book. Yeah, it's... uh, Okay, anyway, mechanically, bad. Sorry, mechanics. Not good. Uh, yeah, everything happens way too close together for you to believe that anybody would do any of this for anybody else, except for the most basic and insincere and superficial of motives, which makes Christopher look like a psychopath. So in the blurb, like I was saying, there's like a lot of good flavor to give you the setup. So I feel like the blurb leads you on to be like, "Mm, no, this happens slowly over time. Mm. They grow to know each Mm. other. And the blurb tells you that, but in the book, it is three you go, days. Wait, <laughs> right? Like they've hung out for three days, and then suddenly it's the dance, and she's like, "I can't, I mustn't." Yeah, it's fucking wild. 
It is wild. Mm-hmm. This book needed to be like an extra hundred pages long so oh, that for we sure. could see her having some good fun with them and being like, I'm always kind of drawn to them despite the human kids. Like, right. Because there's like a line in there somewhere where Sarah talks to Adiana about how and why she's friends with these vampires. She says like, me like a human yeah, girl. Yeah. Don't you, don't you just want to be with somebody who doesn't think of you as a hunter? And it's like, there are thousands uh, of kids in this school who are not vampires. <laughs> Go be friends with anybody them. Else. Like, yeah. yeah, literally anybody else. Why is it Christopher and Nissa who have the potential to see you as a hunter as opposed to people right? who know nothing about it? It's yeah, absurd. Like, looking at this, I, I think to myself, Sarah, it's so easy to be like, I'm a vampire hunter. And even though this is a weak ass vampire, I'm just going to embrace a mean girl attitude here, even though I don't want to, because mm-hmm. he seems really like sweet but he's a fucking leech and he's definitely killed at some point in his Mm -hmm, life mm -hmm. so just being like "Mm, no fuck you i'm not interested shut up little boy goodbye i'm too cool for you yeah that's all you gotta do just like put some fucking distance between yourself and when you become friends with his sister you go oh fuck i gotta do it to her too yeah i mean she doesn't even have the jessica problem where everybody else hates her like that was in my notes yes exactly (laughs) like like, you don't have a dark aura that only they overlook no like you you absolutely have the ability to make friends with other people these vampires are not the only people who could see you as human right you're beautiful you've got silky blonde hair and sapphire eyes and you are athletic okay and you like you could just like go join a fucking sport and make friends Could I just, I just say like slightly off the mechanical thing, but there is that scene where she doesn't describe herself in a mirror, but she thinks about like, I look like this. I look like I have silky blonde hair, athletic, blah, 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 blah. But it's in the context of her being like, Robert doesn't like me or want to hit on me, but I am physically attractive. (laughs) Therefore, there is something up plot wise with this boy right? where it reminded right? me nobody has ever just automatically hated me right he's not listen to couldn't possibly be like gay or something no like <laughs> it's the same thing that jessica does where she's like i have pouty lips black hair physically attractive but nobody's friends with me it's- what's wrong maybe it's your fucking bad <laughs> maybe it's your shitty personality no but i just love that like if somebody doesn't like these physically attractive girls, it means that there's something supernatural up. Right? It's very good. Um, so the other thing is that because of the the tight timetable and just the way that this thing is structured, it's very low obstacle. It's very easy for Sarah to find out everything that she needs to. It's like a one shot that the GM's like, look, we only have the convention to deal with this. Yes, exactly. I was like, it's an RPG where everybody's <laughs> just super willing to tell you what you need to know so you can get to the next area. Let me give you my backstory. It is. It is. So like she she goes to like Nissa and Christopher and she just tells them that she knows that they're vampires and Nissa just at the drop of a hat fucking spills it. Every right? detail of their backstory. Every sort of detail. And that happens like over and over and over again where somebody's just like, oh, you asked me this question? Well, let me do a flashback here because well, this is interesting. Look, if you ask me twice, I have to tell you. <laughs> that's how that's how vampire hunters find vampires. It's like that whole like... Where is Nicholas? I can't tell you. Where is Nicholas? Oh, okay, fuck. he's over there. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to ask me a second time. (laughs) I'm a vampire hunter. That means you have to tell me it's illegal. (laughs) You drew blood or you ask me twice. (laughs) It's not a vampire charter. (laughs) 
Well, I didn't sign it, so fuck you. <laughs> oh my god. Look, man, this is society, and without rules, we will crumble. <laughs> but yeah, it's just at the drop of a hat. There's so, so mm-hmm. much exposition. And yeah. then... You know, it's super easy for Sarah to find Nicholas, even though supposedly they've been hunting him for hundreds of years. Like, ah, yeah, I forgot about that part. He just happens to be nearby. This GM really wants to tell their story, okay? GM Railroad. <laughs> it is. And I'm like, you know what? I understand. I've I've been there. I also want people to know my NPC's good backstories. I get you. Right? Like, I work fucking hard on this shit. But I took several hours describing everybody's bedroom, so you need to know what they look like. <laughs> so the fact that you want to hang out with a goddamn Verizon cell phone employee makes me mad. <laughs> right? He's nothing. He doesn't even have a house. They blood bonded him and made him their best friend. <laughs> I had to give that kid backstory. I'm so mad. <laughs> uh... Let's talk about this book. She has a damn sapphire jaguar on page one. Oh my god. I know it's so... Such, <laughs> such power fantasy. fantasy. And that's cool. Like, it's cool. Sarah has a power fantasy. That's super cool. But, like, I can't I can't imagine, like, a 17-year-old driving around as a fucking vampire hunter. Also, what does in... her mom do that she has enough money She's to get her a jaguar? Hunting. Like, who's paying you? Are you stealing all the vampires, like, assets? Like, do you... I mean, obviously, you have to have some sort of inherited family wealth, right? Like, the... Right. But, there's like, does something. anybody do anything beyond just murder vampires? Because, like, well, there's literally no money in that. Well, listen, Hosanna runs a bookstore. She's a bookstore manager. Uh, now she is. <laughs> Who knows what she was before? I think she should open a new age shop he, she she would fit right in no you know what dominique mm-hmm. probably does it's probably a racket sarah mentioned several times that humans will come to her for training that's probably where the money is <laughs> she runs a fucking taekwondo school she does she makes those dumbasses pay her to flip them on their asses a couple of times <laughs> and that's it and be like you're not improving come back next time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes. And she's like, Robert, you ain't got money. You're like 15. Oh, no, wait, you drive? Sorry. You're 16. You ain't <laughs> got money. Come back after college. I will take your money then. Yeah, but I've killed a couple of vampires. I'm sure you have, sweetheart. I'm sure you have. But do you have $300 a month <laughs> to pay for my classes? So you gotta have your outfits, right? I need you in I need you in your goddamn outfit. You gotta pay for your testing fees. You have to get your officially licensed Vita knife. Right? Like that shit don't come easy because I gotta play I gotta pay the silversmith on that and then I gotta like pay the fucking witch to enchant that shit. Like <laughs> And then, like, there's a cleaning fee because your blood's going to get everywhere. Yep. You, honey, you can't afford me. So, listen, even at our basic package, at our very <laughs> basic package, you cannot afford my services. Go, Go get, get a get damn a job. job. <laughs> <laughs> Come back later. Headcanon accepted. Yes, this is good. <laughs> it's good shit, That's man. Good. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, somehow Sarah has a Jaguar. It's fine. It's fine. it's fine. Maybe she stole it. Let's go with that. Headcanon. I like that. 
She stole it from some asshole in Boston. Yep. She was like, I killed this dude now. His car is mine. Oh, yes. That's even better. I thought she just took it off from, like, rich businessman, but no. No, no, no. She totally stole it off a vampire. She took it from a vampire. That's better. Yes, except Because we know they love their flashy cars. They do. We know that. Even though they can Mm. shapeshift and teleport. So stupid. (laughs) They could be a hawk or they could entrance a fucking car salesman to give them the Lamborghinis. You know, if you can do it, why not? Why not? Okay. I approve. So so she goes to this party, right, in the very beginning. And Mm. she fights Kaleo. 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 The Roman who stole the Hawaiian name. I hate it so much. Everybody's Roman. Yeah. Listen, I didn't want Kaleo to be Hawaiian. No, because he's a fucking dick. Because he's terrible. He's the worst in this book. He has no development. He's just a fucking background annoyance. He's like the background Daryl of this book somehow. Yeah, like the same exact situation. Mm -hmm. He's just there to be like, no, no, Nicholas didn't do that shit. It was this dude, but we're not going to fucking deal with it until book two. You know what, though? You know what? His name is appropriate. That is the whitest thing you could possibly do is to take a Hawaiian name because you think it makes you sound cool and exotic. He saw it, said it was pretty, never heard it out loud. It was like, I'm Kaleo. I'm Kaleo. Just call me Kaleo with my Kaleo. Roman features and my blonde hair. Right? So he's there. She fights him. We get more fucking pissy-tailed cats. They're not horny cats this time. They're just pissy-tailed. They're like, I'm bored with this fucking hunter. I they guess we'll just let go. bored? She's Sarah Vita. Right? Like, come on, someone has to recognize her and be like, hey, in fact, I recognize her fucking Sapphire Jaguar. This is, this is the single, like, the first thing in this book where I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? She got in a fight with a super powerful vampire who- He let her go. And he just lets her go because he gets bored. She says something like, they were, you know, there were willing meals, so they just let Sarah go. I'm like, he had you pinned up against the wall. He could have just eaten you and you taste much better what the fuck is this like again you're the youngest daughter of vita as you keep mentioning to us they should be like putting your head on a pike and being like what's up dominique come get some ollie ollie why can't sarah just survive because of her skill that's a great question we would be able to be like no she survived but she couldn't kill kaleo but like she survived she fucking got away Mm -hmm. because she is in fact a good enough vita because instead this book treats her like she's really bad at being both a witch and a vampire hunter and ultimately a vita instead if she had been like i got away barely because of my skills we would be like, okay, I understand why you think you can take on Nicholas. But also, like, it's still enough for her to be a bad Vita, right? Because she doesn't kill him. She barely right. escapes with her life, but it's still enough, right. you know, to As be a disappointment. To him being like, fuck off, I'm watching the show now. It's so absurd. It's so no. contrived. I think the reason that she couldn't is because of the fucking rule about the blood being drawn. Oh, then Kalea would have had blood claim had it. but like that could have been at least an interesting twist of him being like so oh 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 i want to mention before i say this um this gave some context to that blood claim that we didn't have in demon that i really like i was like oh good i'm glad to have this because it was mentioned that like nicholas was like oh well she fucking drew blood your, your sister i can go after whatever mm-hmm. it was mentioned specifically that it's not that you're the only person who can go after them. It's that 
so Adiana drew Nicholas's blood, it means no other vampire can stop him from going after her. Which is why when Fala was like, well, Aubrey, Jessica drew blood, it is her saying, hey, you can't stop me from hurting Jessica. She drew blood. I've got claim. Like, that makes way more sense to me than, no, no, they've got blood claim. I claim them forever. Literally no one else can stop (laughs) them but me. Yeah, no, that I guess that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that was definitely the way of it. Yeah. So anyway, so he lets it go. That's... It's just, it's no my, red mark. Do bullshit. something else. I I had a minor note in here that says that Dominique took a weird stance about letting the girls have pets for some reason. Like yeah. Sarah mentions that all of the others, uh, which is used familiars in their work, but that Dominique forbids it. And I'm like, why not get a fucking badass dog? Well, like, was there something in Dominique's weird, violent backstory where she just like? hated cats or birds or whatever like why are, why is this a vita law i feel like dominique is really free with those she's just like no ice cream on saturday's vita law like <laughs> no eggs in the market on wednesdays <laughs> dominique is just like i don't want to have to clean up after a fucking like pissing shitting puppy honestly that would be way more acceptable of her being like i'm too fucking busy your goddamn children <laughs> You're not getting a puppy. If you want a puppy, get a puppy when you're older. <laughs> but they can't because no no Vita witches use animals in their magic Vita law. <laughs> and, like, she can't be more than, like, in her 40s, right? Something like that. Which is, like, if this is Vita law, but, like, she's the one who organized shit. Like, Dominique is a bit of a badass in that regard where she's like, all right, all the Vitas were hunters, but also, like, let me organize this shit. Mm-hmm. Let me go through the goddamn books. Like, she does a lot more than um, Demon, in my view, and Shattered Mirror give her credit for. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, she gets, like, kind of a bad rap in all just glass that feels, like, a little bit out of place. Because yeah. she's a badass hunter and she's a fucking organizer. She's a, she's a fucking type A personality going on here. But, like, that actually kind of brings up a good, an interesting thought. Why is there no mention of, like, the grandmother or anything like that? Because this is a matriarch, so, like, it's like the world started when Dominique took over. This is something that, yeah, no, I super duper agree. Like you said, Dominique can't be older than, like, 40, right? There were witches before that. (laughs) There are other witches. We know, because you keep saying it's been thousands of years, and, like, I think that the timeline's too long on that. But, like, yeah, why are they treating Dominique like she's the witch president when she's only been around for 40 years? What did people do before Dominique was the head of the Vita clan? When did she take over? Like, has she been in power since she was 15? Like, well, no, we know that. she, like, Sarah's age and all the other Vitas died? Maybe you guys are fucking wrong about how you do shit. Dominique, the designated survivor. Oh, God. (laughs) And they were like... Dominique, I need to put you in this shed and you're going to stay here no matter what you hear, okay? Come out in the morning, even though vampires can walk in the daylight. Then you can deal with this shit. Like, you need to survive. Here's the key to the lockbox with all the Vita law. <laughs> there was like, just no. some really terrible, like, King Ralph-esque catastrophe with the rest of the Vita yeah. family. And that's it. And she was just sort of left. And clearly this was after her rebellious teenagers, because we know those happen. Yeah. This just has to be a teenager thing, right? Where, like, everything begins and ends with your mother. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Because otherwise, it's like, I can't look into it too much. Yeah, no, it makes no practical sense. There should be other people involved in this. I think that Dominique should be the current leader, that, like, her mother stepped down, or her aunt or something, and passed it on to her. But there should definitely be an older matriarch who is, like, a fucking badass 60-something-year-old woman with a million fucking scars Uh, who takes zero shit. I want it so bad. So, like, side note, but anytime I get to play a hunter or anything, I'm always a battle grandma because I love battle, battle grandmas grandma. and we need more battle grandmas and we not just do. battle moms. Right? Battle moms, everyone's always fighting against their battle mom. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, mom, you don't understand. And mom's like, I am fucking 45 years old. I got through this. Fuck you. Yeah, I do understand. Maybe I also fucked vampires. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know my Maybe life. I look at you and I see you making the same fucking mistakes I did and don't want that for you. But communication is impossible. So Because we are a mother you. and a daughter and media doesn't let us do that. Right? Uh, I'm just gonna take away all your fucking power rather than teach you a proper way. Yeah, that is pretty get harsh. Out of this shit. That's pretty harsh, mom. Right? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to grandma's house. Yeah, I'm going to my battle grandma. She understands. Battle me. grandma. Or like an old ass battle aunt grandma. Yeah, like anything. Anything. Anybody. Nobody in these books are over, like physically over like 40. It's just olds yeah. don't exist. And like, and that's the thing too, right? So like Christopher and Nicholas and, and Nissa are all like 267 years old each. And yet they're treated like teenagers while Dominique is like the fucking adult in the room. Yep. And it's like, that's no. Yep. <laughs> mm, all right, let's talk about the rest of this book. You want to start? Because I know you have so many thoughts. Um, yes. So, okay, let's start with the real easy one. Christopher is a goddamn adult. Christopher is a goddamn goddamn adult. And he is creeping on this 16, 17 year old girl that he's known for. He's known her for a few hours before the poems and the drawings start showing up in her locker. He's had two fucking classes with this girl. This is deeply uncomfortable. Christopher, Uh what the fuck? Uh Uh-huh. Like, I was really upset when I read him hitting on her and i'm like she is a child sir she is a child the hitting on her is bad enough the stalker notes and the drawings just take it to a whole nother level fucking the next day he left roses in her locker which means he broke into her locker (laughs) this is a fear street book this is a fear street book she has a stalker she's like someone's leaving me bad poetry the poetry is he leaves her poems they are of poem quality they're poems they're poems poems. but like here's the thing right like they're like teenage poem level and like that's okay that's fine but like he's talked about as if he's like so beautiful words he will make the stars weep and i'm like no yeah no i mean (laughs) so the problem here is that every art that christopher and nissa and nicholas are proficient at is canonically endorsed as being great because they're toreadors kendra's line kendra's line kendra's line Kendra equals Toriador. Yeah, so the whole thing is that, like, Kendra and all of her people turn people Set who are... equals Ventrue. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but yeah, they turn people who are good at, at art. So like, they're all sculptors, they're all painters, they're all singers, they're all But poets. they're all everything, They're right? everything. Christopher and you Nissa are. You can't just be good at one thing. Well, I mean, so I thought that, but then I'm also like, they've also had 250 years to do nothing else. So you know what? Go ahead. Because <laughs> That's fine. I guess. You're a good sculptor and a good singer. It's fine. But anyway, yeah, no, so she starts getting these stalker notes and like every day there's a poem there's a drawing of her eyes it's a lot it's a lot christopher this is extremely aggressive it is like it's immediate like i feel like the only all right so here's a new theory that i just came up with right now in my drunken stupor nice i think that christopher's art has magic in it uh the same way that like hit words and hypnotizing and all that shit okay his art has magic in it because there's no other fucking explanation for why she's like oh we're friends oh i like him oh he's sweet (laughs) she's a fucking vampire hunter she should be like this is a problem i gotta break it off with this dude because he's all like immediately fascinated with me unlike robert (laughs) (laughs) but as is acceptable and expected he finds me to be a hottie I gotta let him down. He's a fucking vampire. I'm a vampire hunter. I'm be like, look, I know you're with Single Earth. Karen told me. I get it. I'm bangable. But <laughs> I'm super hot. My eyes are great. I'm so hot. My eyes are beautiful. But you gotta, like, back off, kid, because I don't want to have to kill you sometime. You're probably, like, ten years of vampires. So just <laughs> the fuck out. Oh, if only. Um. So it's it's super duper fantasy right because like oh i go to school for one day and this boy this hot sexy old vampire boy just cannot get enough of my eyes and my face and he writes poetry about me and it's oh so good yeah um i get it i get it but as an adult no no you need to file a report a restraining order (laughs) start collecting these so listeners i got this fucking text message from (laughs) From my dear friend Cinna here saying, I need an adult. Oh, wait, Christopher is an adult. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my shit. It's really uncomfortable. It's not cool. And the fact that it starts immediately. Like, red flags. So, like, here's the thing. And that's where it's like, this is not slowly. No, this is two class periods later. He's dropping love notes. He's found my locker and has broken into it. Yeah, so, like, there's a better version of this, right, where Christopher is actually legitimately not a good dude. Where he preys on teenage girls by flattering them and drawing them flattering portraits and leaving them love notes and like all right so i don't really want that but like i want that because i want sarah to be like oh oh that's what this is like i know your tricks yeah you might be harmless but you're not harmless you're still fucking a problem even though you're like not killing people you're was it grooming and love bombing? Yes. Yeah. I mean, so there's that. There's also the fact that Sarah mentions that she's super strong. She's a witch. She can bench press 300 pounds, whatever. The weakest mm-hmm. vampire can bench press a semi. Fucking semi. Right? Like, so there's no way that you you don't have some kind of, not coerced consent, but like a fear type consent of like, well... If I say no, he can fucking crack my fucking skull in half. No, every step of the way, the power dynamics of Chris and Sarah's relationship power dynamics. are fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, the the fact that this starts and it's flattering and Sarah is so not what you would expect her to react, right? Because she knows... That's in my notes. Okay, that's in my notes. Sarah is, in fact... So, in the course of the book, right? Like, I remember the first time I read it, I was like, oh, Sarah, you're all like, I'm a bad vampire hunter. I'm a bad witch. I'm a bad Vita. Reading this again, I'm like, yeah, sorry, kid. You are. (laughs) You're, You're bad. That's okay. Like, I want you to live your life and do your own thing, but you are. Everything that you're saying you're bad at, you are bad at. (laughs) Sarah's instincts in terms of, like, I've been conditioned my entire life to believe that vampires are a certain way, that they're all a threat, even the most harmless ones, blah, blah, blah. They go out the window immediately. fucking window. (laughs) Like, she's immediately friends with Christopher and Nyssa. She seeks out no other companionship. None. She doesn't talk- no one else talks to her. No one else is the fucking girl being like, hey, you're new, what's up? I've been assigned to you. Yeah, there's no Karen here. Yo, for real, I think that it could have been interesting for Karen to be there and for her to be like, ha, somehow you found like the two vampires who are not part of single earth. (laughs) I just thought I should let you know. Well, I mean, so here's the other thing. If Karen is there, Karen can be the bridge, right? If Sarah is like, I'm uncomfortable around these people, then Karen could be like, no, no, they're really great. Come Come sit. sit with us at lunch. And then Sarah can be... Like, somebody who has raised her entire life to think these people are terrible. Right, and then Karen, who is like, mm, but if you, like, renounce murder. Right. <laughs> I want that, because I love Karen. I want Karen <laughs> to be more important to this book. But the thing is, okay, right, so as we discussed, Karen is definitely in her 20s. Oh, yeah. She's a CWT ager. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where it's like, you look enough like it. But you're definitely like 20 or 21 or 22, which means she's not going to act. And she's definitely like five years older than Sarah. But it could still be interesting to find a way to make her more important for her to be like, hey, I'm a teacher's aide or something. I just love Karen. <laughs> uh, you can have her. It's fine. Go ahead. I'll take her. I'm team Karen. Go man. for it. Like, she, she works real hard to try to like not have everybody fucking kill each other. She does. That is true. She does work real hard to be nice to everybody um the thing is that sarah's complicity in a lot of this or just her general like willingness to not break up with these vampires is really skeevy in some contexts right so yeah there's a part where she's like cold to Christopher. It's like day two or three or something. And she is going back and forth like, I'm going to break up with them. Oh, but they're really nice. <laughs> I'm going to break up with his... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to break up with these people I sit with at lunch. Um, Where she's like in her mode where she's like, okay, I'm just going to be frosty to him. I'm going to give him the cold shoulder. And the next day Nissa like comes to her and she's like, listen, Sarah... Uh, you're really cold to Christopher, and he's a nice guy, and he deserves an explanation if you're not in- No! No, he doesn't! No! Friendo, I put the book- So I was reading the book on my first time. I was like, I'm just gonna read, like, 50 pages, right? And I was, like, chugging along, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is fine. It's easy to read. I'm getting- I'm getting there. I don't feel too sleepy. I'll just keep going. 
And this is on page fucking 50, bottom of 51, beginning of 52, mm-hmm. where Sarah is something wrong. This is asking her. And she's like, Christopher told me, like you said, like you're avoiding you. And then she's like, oh, uh, it, it's nothing. And this is like, yeah, that's fine. It's none of my business. But don't ditch Christopher. He's a nice guy and he deserves an explanation if you're not interested. And I shut <laughs> the book. And I was like, I'm done now. <laughs> I could have kept going, but you did that. Fuck you, Nissa. Oh my god, no, Nissa. Okay, we'll get to it. But listen, I understand on the one hand, he is your brother. He's sort of being rejected by the girl. Who... Here's the problem. Though. He met yesterday. Here's the problem. He met her yesterday. He's been dropping notes and pictures. This is all extremely uncomfortable and out of line. And for Sarah to be like, no, that's really creepy. Please stop talking to me. And for Nissa to be like, look, well, if you're not interested, he's a nice guy and he deserves an explanation. The explanation is he found my fucking locker. He's been opening it. He has been leaving me fucking poetry. I'm new here. Back the fuck up. Seriously. Also, Nissa knows he's a vampire. Yeah. As far as you know, this is a human teenage girl. What are you encouraging, Nissa? Right? No. No. Fuck you, Nissa. Like, I used to be very teen Nissa, and, like, I still feel kind of like I could work with this character and change things to make her someone I could root for, but no. Oh, absolutely not. In actual book world, fuck you, Nissa. Like, that is kind of emblematic of this book's attitude, right? Where Yeah, no, because it never stops being that after that line. It doesn't. Sarah has the bare minimum number of reservations that she should have about this relationship. <laughs> like, Sarah- This relationship that is just friendship. <laughs> as a vampire hunter, Sarah should have way more problems with this. As just a teenage girl, she should totally have way more problems than this. This dude is aggressive and creepy. But so Sarah, because this is a book and it's supposed to be romantic and it's a fantasy, Sarah has just the amount of reservations that she needs to have for it to be dramatic. But even those trying to be kind of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it's trying really hard. Um, But those reservations are constantly like she's gaslit constantly. It's really sad. It's horrible. And this is why I'm team Sarah, because like. She's mentally fucked over constantly in this book. She is. Like, the book wants us to see Sarah's reservations as, like, witch racism. But it's not. It's really, really not. Oh, vampires are bad and they kill people. But maybe that's just because my mom says they're bad. No. No. They fucking kill people. Hello, can I introduce you to Christopher and Nicholas, gleeful killers? absolutely it's totally pitched as witches are racist against vampires and i'm just like yeah but like they murder people guys you know so that's the most common problem with vampires as a metaphor for oppressed classes right vampires Mm -hmm. eat people they have superpowers (laughs) they are legitimately dangerous it's the x-men problem it is where it's like okay but you see you got dangerous powers and this is not like an oppressed class who has been like forced to live in shitty places no you have all the fucking power like most vampires are portrayed as beautiful and rich and powerful and manipulative 
Right. And then also on top of all of that, they've got fucking powers. Yep. Yep. They can teleport. They can bench press semis. <laughs> they can turn into animals and eat turn you. Turn into animals. They can fuck with your head. They can look at your memories. They can talk to each other without speaking out loud. They can go in the sun. You have no fucking weaknesses. Like, like and it, it would be even one thing if the vampires that she met were actually harmless. But no, we take steps even further into, like, the abyss with that one. Yeah. Here's my thought that I just came up with in my drunken stupor. Okay. Because these have been real good. So (laughs) here's the way that this story can go that is okay. I want the witches to be vampire and shapeshifter hunters. And for these guys to just be shapeshifters who don't actually murder people, Mm -hmm. don't actually do anything, like, killed Elizabeth Vita. So there's, like, a whole... Hello, listeners. There's a whole thing about, like, uh, several hundred years ago, uh, Elizabeth Vita was killed by Christopher and Nicholas. But, like, if that was just self-defense by some shapeshifters, right? Being like, oh, no, I'm a fucking sparrow shapeshifter. (laughs) I'm a tiny bird. I just want to eat bread. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm just a burb. And, <laughs> but like, even if they were lions, right? Even if they were tigers, like, if they were just shapeshifters who were like, what are you fucking talking about? I just have parties and hang out. And like, that's it. I'm just normal. I just live for a very long time. Like, and you know, and don't make it 250 years ago. Make it like 40, 50 years ago. Make this it is grandma. Be grandmother. Exactly. Have them be hunting shapeshifters and then Sarah be like, but these shapeshifters don't seem like they ever kill anybody ever. Yeah, they're just shapeshifters. They can just be a bird, man. Yeah, he's just a fucking bird now. <laughs> Why are we killing him? I don't understand. I get vampires. Vampires are awful and murder people. <laughs> they eat people. Um, instead, we're stuck with this thing where Shattered Mirror has to make the vampires gray. Yeah. But there's a lot of that throughout the stories. Where, yeah. like, the vampires are, like, was it, whoobies. Here's the thing, though. That's the theme of this one. It's true. This one has it the hardest. So I took a look at the old website. And this is 20 years ago. Very young. This is, I can't hold this, but this is very good, like, insight into the mindset behind writing this, Mm -hmm. right? There's a part that says, Shattered Mirror, in a way, is a mirror for many things. It is a mirror for the Crusades, for the Holocaust, for the Japanese internment, for every war where we were absolutely right and the other side was absolutely wrong. That's the theme of this book, except that the Japanese internment, the the people who are being interned, I guess, in this fucking terrible metaphor, are people who eat people and, like, gleefully kill other people. Uh, It's very bad. Uh, It's based on the idea that the absence of good or evil, my characters, be they witch, vampire, shapeshifter, or whatever else are all essentially human. They can be as good or as evil as they choose. Okay, but the people that you chose to represent the shade of gray literally murder other people constantly. This is not a good dichotomy you're setting up here. And that's that's the 100% keyed in problem of Shattered Mirror, is that Nicholas, who murders people, who murdered a girl just for rejecting his brother is 
a shade of gray. He's not a bad guy. He just really cares about his brother. Yeah, that's really some heavy, horrible, toxic masculinity, white, fragile masculinity bullshit. It's it's terrible. It's, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, apologizing for Nicholas and being like, you just gotta know him. Same with Christopher. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, he's my brother. Or no, he's a good guy. And I'm like, uh, I don't have food in my stomach to vomit. <laughs> no, this book is really the excuses that Nissa, that Sarah eventually, that they But I sort think of... that Sarah has been mind manipulated, just saying. Okay. But that they all sort of offer for Nicholas and Nicholas's behavior are like super deeply rooted in like this internalized misogyny, right? Yeah, no, for sure, Nicholas does not deserve any of the love that he gets, like in the fandom and shit like that. Like he's mm-hmm. a terrible fucking creature. Okay, so like straight up their backstory Nicholas and Christopher were twins. They were the servants of a rich southern plantation family owner. plantation owner, which I mean, in, if, if we're looking at it from that perspective, fuck all of them, right? Like that right. chick probably got what she deserved. But Nissa uh, is turned into a vampire by Kaleo. After rejecting him several times, let's point this out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tells her he'll murder her brothers if she doesn't let him turn her <laughs> he into a vampire. He murders the father and says, I'll fucking do it to your brothers too. Will you fucking accept it now? And then she's like, oh, <laughs> fine. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'm bored with you now. Yep. Goodbye. Where's my shades of gray there? Nowhere. Because Kaleo is the evil devil that this book holds up against Nicholas so that Nicholas looks slightly better in comparison. <laughs> So Nissa raises her brothers. They get to be teenagers so that they can be turned and it's not weird. They both fall in love with this rich girl, which I just realized is another Vampire Diaries thing. But anyway, they both fall in love with this rich Southern girl. She plays with both of them, that evil skank whore bitch. Oh no, she has made them feel uncomfortable and made fun of them in front of her friends. However, will they possibly recover? Uh, she rejects Christopher just on the face of it in front of everybody at a big ball. She's like, what? Yearly poor. Fuck off. Yep. She's like a teenager too. She's a teenager. She's just a teenage girl. A a teenage slave owning girl. She's terrible. Yes. But she's not murdered for owning slaves. No, 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 no. She's murdered for rejecting Christopher. That's it. She didn't accuse him of rape. She didn't ruin his reputation. She rejected him at a dance. Like, he didn't, in fact, rape her, and then she was like, uh, hey, guys, uh, this guy raped me, and then Nicholas was like, fuck you for talking out about it. No. Yeah, although, I mean, it could have, like, they could have made it worse. It could have been that. Uh, but no, that's Nicholas's original sin. He murders a girl for rejecting his brother. The book treats this like it was... Maybe a little bit extreme, but also she totally deserved it. And he was just protecting his brother. And that's where we live in the misogyny of this book, where murdering a girl for rejecting your brother is okay. Right. And then Nissa is like, he was going to go be murdered. So I had to go and like save him and make him a vampire. Your brother murdered a girl (laughs) for verbally rejecting your brother. Right? Like, I think she maybe, like, verbally rejected him in front of people. Oh, no. Yeah. 
It's fucking bananas. This is the worst thing you've gone through, you poor fucking babies. It's pre-Civil War South. So that's where Nyssa lives, in somebody who defends Christopher from that, who saves him from the repercussions of his actions. Nicholas. Nicholas's actions. Nicholas's, yeah. Fuck these vampires. Yes. And the horse they rode in on. (laughs) Yes. That horse is also probably a terrible misogynist. (laughs) Yeah. Team Sarah, she gets fucked over by everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. She's gaslit. They prey on her internalized misogyny. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like, fuck all of their using powers to like get people to do shit that they don't want to do. Because uh-huh. they do that all the time, and then they do it to Christine, Kristen, mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't want to talk about this thing. Oh no, Kaleo is using his powers on you. Let me force my way through it and make you relive your trauma. Mm-hmm. That you definitely have PTSD over. Let me force you to deal with that shit. And even Sarah's like, I'm going to try to use my powers to force her to do shit. Yep. Fuck all of that. Fuck everyone taking away any woman's agency in this in this story. Which is everyone. Everyone. Sarah, like, the last 50 pages or so of the book, like, it seems like Sarah has choices but she doesn't because literally Christopher and Nicholas just take her choices away left and right mm-hmm. to the point that she's not even awake for the climax where Idiana can't make a choice. So like, at least she could have a fucking choice or she could be in Sarah's head and be like, Hey, you've got a fucking choice here. Do you want to be mortal or do you want to die? And for her to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and then be like, but what? I don't know. Maybe I could be a vampire. Like, no, no. Instead, it's just Adiana being like, uh, I can't make a decision. And then Christopher's like, hello, I'm 250 years old. I can absolutely make a decision for this 17-year-old I'd like to bone. And then she gets, like, fucking, like, mentally fucked over by being like, oh, Christopher, you love Nicholas so much. How could I not also love Christopher? Uh, I'm so mad about that. (laughs) Okay, okay, here's the thing, though. Remember back in Demon in My View... When mm-hmm. after uh, Fala has rubbed rubbed the rocks with Jessica's face, mm-hmm. uh, Karen mm-hmm. comes in for the sole purpose of giving Jessica mm-hmm. enough healing to wake mm-hmm. her up and ask mm-hmm. her if she wants to be a fucking vampire. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess who's a better person than Christopher and Nicholas? Fucking mm-hmm. Aubrey! Mm-hmm. Aubrey! Also, also... Right? So, like, instead, Christopher's just like, no, I want this thing and I'm gonna take it. Fuck you, Christopher. I'm gonna murder you. I'm gonna fucking kill both you and your mm-hmm, brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fuck you. You don't deserve this on life. Aubrey's a better dude than you. Aubrey! Aubrey! Right? The guy who will fucking tie up a goddamn tiger and stab it in the fucking heart and leave it there as a fucking warning. Right? Just to be a dick. I don't even subscribe to to the whole, like... Aubrey was just trying to be a shitty big brother to Rizika thing. Yeah. Aubrey is still a better dude than Christopher and Nicholas. So at least he gave the chick that he was, the 17 year old chick that he was into, a choice. Right? I need books about vampires falling in love with 60 year old women 
Like, oh yeah, like uh, like the thing from what, what we, we do, do in the, the shadows. Sh- shadows. Yeah. Yes, and he's like, I know they say it's like a, you know robbing the cradle, but like oh no, he. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You're so cute. But yeah, right. Like oh, she's got so much intelligence and knowledge, and she's been through so much. Mm, as opposed to her, <laughs> if I don't fuck her that great, she won't know because she's literally never had. They're pedophiles. They are. Like these are these are young girls. Sarah literally says she'd never been kissed. Oh, Sarah. Uh huh. Sarah. Okay, so I have. I took a picture. Uh, the climax of this book is a lot worse than I remembered. Mm. I remembered there being a very different dynamic, but. No, what actually happens is Sarah is going to be disowned. Mm -hmm. She's going to have her powers stripped. She decides that the only thing that she can do is go kill Nicholas or die trying to, like, restore her honor. Honor. She... Everyone's a fucking fire nation in these books. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a fire nation. You're a fire nation. Everybody's a fire nation. (laughs) Uh, So she goes to Nicholas Nicholas really easily just sort of is like, mm, no. Uh, <laughs> he binds her up and then Christopher shows up. And Christopher, I think this is like the second time this happens, but he's like tempting her or tempting Christopher. He's basically trying to get Christopher to be like his fuck buddy again. And he's using right, he's this. Like, chick- we used to fuck chicks together, dude. And like, now I can't get hard. <laughs> it does. And he's. Because I'm not chick. staring into your eyes. <laughs> my, myself. My mirror. Uh, mm. He's using this. Look at me fuck that chick. <laughs> he's using. This is why. This is why Nicholas actually has to fuck. Like with a mirror around. Otherwise he can't like get off. It just doesn't work. <laughs> so he's, he saves on the expense of installing mirrors by having Christopher around. <laughs> He's like, good, Christopher, good. Now, like, turn her over. Like, awesome. <laughs> Excellent. I appreciate seeing you do this. It's like I'm doing it. I can only come when I'm looking at myself. myself. <laughs> I like to watch me fuck things. <laughs> I'm so attractive. <laughs> oh my god. All right, right. So, like, so these characters look like they're teenagers. They look like they're, like, 17, 18, but, like, they're 250 years old. Bodies <laughs> of children. And it's just, like, this is gross. This, this is really gross. gross. So, uh, Nicholas is using Sarah to tempt Christopher. He's like, oh, Christopher, don't you want to taste her? We used to taste women together all the time. So, Christopher, the second time, does it. And this is after an entire night. Sarah's not into this. Here's the thing. I remembered Sarah, like, thinking this was hot. She does not. (laughs) You were wrong. You remembered wrong. I remembered wrong because the alternative is too horrifying to imagine. Well, because also Sarah was never actually that kind of interested in Christopher. No, she wasn't. This entire thing feels extremely one-sided. It is. He's like, I love you. I'm interested in you. I want to fuck you. I want to make you a vampire. And she's like... I just liked that you didn't treat me like a hunter. I wanted to be your friend. She's just over here being like, oh, so all vampires aren't terrible. That's what I'm getting out of this relationship. 
<laughs> so, but this whole time, it's like supposed to be sexy, right? Like Nicholas is like showing her blood and he's like, Christopher, you can have her on this side. I'll have her on I'll this side. I'll take that side. Mm, left and right. Mm, we are perfect mirrors of each other. We have the same knife, but backwards. <laughs> we we each carve our fucking name on right? each arm of our Who victims. Who consented to this shit? Ugh. And Sarah is there the whole entire time trying to figure out how she can escape. <laughs> yeah, literally her internal monologue is like, all right, so when he twists his hands to adjust so that he can carve the fucking rose into my shoulder i'm gonna run for it able to to like do something right she's not into this she's She's not not like nicholas please mark me with your name she's Mm. not even like christopher please bite me because i think you're sexy no right she's not into it no she never says yes I don't think she says yes in this book about anything. No, she's in this situation where these two vampires, where this vampire is trying to use her as like a meal to get his brother to be a fucking meat eater again. again with him. And Christopher comes up to her and he's like, it doesn't hurt, Sarah, and I'm not going to kill you. What are you afraid of? And Sarah should be like, uh, you biting me without my fucking consent. This rape metaphor, that's what I'm afraid of. It is, absolutely. Like, so reading the two or three scenes where Sarah is under duress and in the control of a more powerful person, aka Nicholas, Mm -hmm. every single time it's just a rape metaphor. Like, it's, it's not a sex metaphor of vampires biting her which some of the other vamp uh not vampire some of the other like bloodbound people it's definitely a sex metaphor of them being like when are we gonna fuck yeah <laughs> this for her is just a rape metaphor constantly so she she takes this like attitude of like i'm not gonna let him see me cry i'm just right. gonna wait till it's over like <laughs> right <sighs> and he's like mm, i'll make it stop if you just cry out and beg me Right? She's like, no, I'm just going to wait for my opportunity to escape. That is her interaction with both of these dudes. Meanwhile, they've got giant boners and Mm -hmm. they're like biting her. So when Christopher asks her, what are you afraid of? She has everything in the world to be afraid of at this moment. Instead- Wait, what page was that on? Because was that Christopher or was that Nicholas? Yeah, it was Nicholas. I'm sorry. Okay, that's that's slightly less horrifying. But still horrifying because he's like- Hey, girl, hey. Oh, here, it doesn't hurt, Sarah. He said as if reading her mind. I'm not going to kill you. What are you afraid of? And then Christopher shows up and he's like, Nicholas, let her go. So so here's the thing. Sarah should be afraid of a lot of things. Instead, the narrative has her say that she's afraid of the unknown. What? Right? Like, what? That's not what you're afraid of. You're afraid of you're a fucking vampire. You're going to say you're not going to kill me and then you're going to kill me. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're not afraid of the unknown. This is not a racism metaphor. Sarah, stop it. Yeah, you know what you're fucking afraid of. So, like, there's a part later on where uh, Sarah says uh, all she could think was that she was marked, that Nicholas assigned his name on her skin as if she were some kind of object, and now he was hunting her, all to defend his brother. Wouldn't she have done the same? Worse, actually, Mm. to someone who had hurt Adiana? Okay, did Adiana Mm. ever fucking honor kill anybody, Sarah? Like, (laughs) legit question. Has she? Actually, that's a bad question, Sarah. But here's the thing. 
Indiana kills vampires who also kill other people. Nicholas started this by just, just killing just her girl kills. who rejected his brother. Like, right. that's not something that you are, like, legitimate in killing somebody for. I feel like the metaphor of this whole story is much better done in Hawk Song because neither the avians or the serpiente are inherently fucking evil. <laughs> Where these guys literally survive off the life of others in a physical way, not just in a capitalist way. Mm -hmm. There's some more stuff where she tries to say that Nicholas was defending Christopher from Sarah, sort of. Like, that Sarah threatened Christopher in Mm. some way. Mm. The thing is, Sarah didn't. The reason that Nicholas is actually, like pursuing sarah as a threat is because she rejected no because she rejected christopher oh the first time right so she rejected christopher and you hurt my brother it's the same fucking thing as Mm -hmm. as the original christine Mm -hmm. but like also the second time when she like made him cry out in pain because she used her power to like like twist his life energy and she's like i will fucking kill him if you don't let me go Mm -hmm. that's her responding to his extreme response yeah so he's like how dare you fight back now that you've hurt my brother i will murder you i was just toying with you before like a fucking cat Mm. yep yep fuck both of them so like just fuck those vampires they're fucking terrible they're so fucking entitled (laughs) yeah i can't believe that this this comes back once again to nicholas's like defending christopher's entitlement to a woman's affection like right what the fuck is this And Sarah didn't even, like, embarrass him in front of people either. Not that that was ever worth being murdered over. No. But, like, he just got rejected. Like, dude. (laughs) Is is this what happens every time you ask a girl? Or does every girl just fall for your magical fucking poems? I mean, here's the the problem. Those are the two options. Either you die because you reject Christopher and Nicholas takes that personally. Or you fall for Christopher. He's into it for a couple of years. Maybe a couple months. You go. And then it's over. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Definitely, I think that Christopher does not understand his fucking white boy, powerful vampire uh, privilege. He's just not getting that, like, he's got fucking powers. They've got powers to sway people. You can't fucking tell me you're not like, hello, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love bomb you now and get your attention. The only reason Sarah doesn't fall for it immediately is because she's like, I'm a fucking vampire hunter. I'm a witch. I'm a Mm -hmm. daughter of Vita. Like, I can't do this. Otherwise, she'd be like, oh, I don't find anything wrong with this guy stalking me. And that makes it so much worse because Sarah's, like, acceptance of this moral grayscale is then predicated on her acceptance of Nicholas's misogyny, right? Where mm-hmm. she she sees Nicholas as being, like, reasonable in his defense of Christopher. He's just trying to stand up for his little brother. Right? Even though Nicholas's defense of Christopher is completely unreasonable. Right? Christopher needs to deal with this shit. He needs to grow the fuck up and understand that he can't just get what he wants just because he wants it. Stop fucking hitting on teenage girls oh like i know God. that you look like you're 18 19 but like go hang out with some college kids who are like yeah i'm up for experimenting let's go <laughs> seriously just i mean it's still a little squicky but it's at least they're not underage girls find people who are consenting find fucking 40 year old women who are like 
hello, young man. I'm hungry. He's like, you have no idea, but sure, let's go. <laughs> Seriously. I just, like, this book, more than any of the other ones that we've read so far, is so, the themes and everything are so deeply predicated on, like, an intense level of misogyny. I just, yeah. it makes the whole book just completely unreadable. And, like, so, like, again, I still feel like uh, Alive on the Inside is the worst thing ever. Oh, yeah, no, sure. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because it has so much more. But this is, like, let's just focus on one really bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> and really focus on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, after everything has happened, after Christopher, against her consent, vampire rapes her, she wakes up and she says, uh, it was nearly impossible to completely hate Nicholas once she had felt the intense love and loyalty Christopher held for his brother. Is it, though? He murdered Isn't a girl it? for no reason and continues mm. to murder people to this day. But mm-hmm. continue. Uh, yes, he had hurt her physically, but pain was only fleeting. Mm. Honestly, mm-hmm. the most brutal thing Nicholas had done to her had been to open her eyes and force her to see reality, the shades of gray that existed in the world beyond the world of stark black and white of evil and good that Dominique had taught her. You took the exact mm. wrong message mm-hmm. from this interaction. Sarah, I'm so sorry. You sunk so deep. You cannot get out. Right. And this is where I feel like the Sarah that wakes up is not Sarah Vita. No. Like, <laughs> this is a horror story. It is. We're back to the fucking blood and chocolate problem. <laughs> we are. Of, this is, this is not a romance. This is not a good thing. This girl has spent her, her life dealing with vampires, and then this vampire starts playing with her head, gaslighting her left and right. One of them physically tortures her, and even though it's like, oh, I can handle it, you're still fucking physically tortured. Yep. Uh, several times. And mentally, physiologically, uh, if not, you know, like, in those ways, like, you've been raped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, your consent has been violated constantly. By the dude who's supposed to be the good guy. Right? Like, Christopher is supposed to be a good guy. And this whole time I'm just like, you're an adult. You're a fucking adult. You're awful. Christopher is awful. He's terrible. Like, Nicholas, also terrible. But Christopher, also terrible. Yeah. Well, it's because Christopher thinks he's a nice guy. Right? So, and then Christopher is like, he doesn't even hesitate. He doesn't want her to kill, but he brings her to him, probably fucking knowing that uh, she's going to see his memories and feel this way about Nicholas. Like, fuck you. I think it's all fucking calculated. Oh, yeah. This is the most intense form of brainwashing you could be in, right? Because you're literally sunk inside this fucking monster's brain where he rationalizes everything he and his brother have ever done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she wakes up and is like, well, I guess I can't hate Nicholas. And Christopher's probably like, good, good. That's yes. a nightmare statement. Nicholas carved his name into her arm. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that happened was he showed me the way the world really is. Honey, honey, I'm so sorry that these boys have, uh, that these men, I can't call them boys, that these men have fucked with your head, changed your whole personality. Mm-hmm. They have groomed you. Mm-hmm. They, they've they've just changed you mm-hmm. in ways you didn't consent to. They didn't open your eyes. This is fucking Charlie Manson yes. bullshit right here. <laughs> this is somebody call intervention. We need to kidnap her and take her to the right? deprogramming center. And be like, no, honey, Charlie kills people. So they're both horrible and she's been fucked in the head and Honestly, the whole second, uh, the sequel to this book, I'm really nervous about because 
I know there's going to be a lot of... Sarah's going to be rationalizing their abuse and saying that her parents are wrong and then being like, Mom, you're a hypocrite. And, like, th- it's just... It's it's fucked up. Yeah, I don't remember much about All Just Glass, but this... I only read it once. Same. Uh, but this book is really... It's so much... I... I can't get over, so most vampire books like this, where it's a teen, even when it's a teenage girl and an older vampire, if it comes down to the biting, which is such an inbuilt metaphor for sex, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are times when it's non-consensual and that's terrible. Right. But when it's the hero, it's Mm -hmm. usually, do you want me to? Yes. Oh, oh, I don't know if I should. I mean, blah, blah, blah. And then the girl be like, no, no, please. I, wanna... I would love to sustain your life. Yeah. It's, this is so horrifying. The fact that Sarah's not into it, the fact that Sarah's looking for an out, like, anywhere, and the fact that Nicholas is using Sarah as a prop to- <laughs> She's just a sexy lamp to him. <laughs> just so that he can fuck his brother again and it's socially acceptable. Right? Like, uh, it's okay if there's a girl between us. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Like, oh yeah this is so fucking heterosexual it fucking drives me up a wall is it like though? even the vampires feeding on each other it's always oh, like well, a yeah. dude feeding on a girl or a girl feeding on a dude i'm like really this is just it's just fucking blood just like who cares i mean that part but is, it's sex so the part where the twin boys do want to fuck each other i feel like ups the kink factor just a little bit Except that, like, it's, like, seriously not supposed to be that way, I don't understand. I don't understand because that sequence is the most incesty thing I've seen since, like, Game of Thrones. (laughs) Right? And, like, I'm not sure Christopher wants to fuck Nicholas, but I'm really sure Nicholas (laughs) wants to fuck Christopher. I am very certain. I am very certain that the involvement of other people is only for, like, the barest minimum decency reasons. Yeah, the Nicholas would, like, deny up and down. No, I don't... don't, Why would you... He's my brother! But if there's a girl between us, it's fine. It's fine. No, I definitely can only fuck girls if my brother's there. (laughs) It's... It really is, though. It's real intense. Like, the twin sets just like fucking wild. Yeah, where Christopher's just like, oh, I haven't fed on someone in this kind of a way. Even though we see fucking Nissa feeding on a human mm-hmm. at her party. He's just like, oh, Sarah. Oh, he makes me so hard. I, <laughs> Sarah, mm, my balls. So blue. Fuck. Shut up, Sarah. When you talk, it just makes me need to rape you. Oh, God. He, I know. I know, because Sarah is, like, trying to be like, Christopher, hey, maybe don't. Yeah. Christopher, we're friends. Don't do this. And Christopher's like, shut up, Sarah. My balls. Shut up, Sarah. I am this close to jerking off on your face. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought it might be fun to do Nicholas and Christopher's dialogue. I love because it. Because Sarah does and says very little. I know. So Sarah is standing physically between these two guys, uh, doing and saying very little while this happens. Nicholas, what do you want? Why am I here? I want to give you a chance, brother. A chance to do what? To share this one with me. You're going to blood bond her to yourself. That's why you didn't kill her when you marked her. For you, brother. You wanted her, but she turned you down that whore. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not what he says. That's not there. You wanted her, but she turned you down, Christopher. Now's your chance to make her yours, to make her ours. Like Marguerite. Nicholas, no. Marguerite wanted it. Sarah doesn't. 
She hurt you, Christopher. I heard you scream. You told me not to kill her. Fine, I won't kill her. But there are very few choices left. I can let her go, in which case her own family is going to kill her. Or I can blood bond her to myself. I'm not going to help you with this, Nicholas. Fine. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Sarah has one line. Slice me open, Christopher. If you're really willing, then do it. Christopher. I'm not going to kill her for defending herself. The Christopher I used to know, my brother, would have killed her as soon as she found out she was a Vita. You've tasted her blood. How can you not want it? I want it. I want it as much as humans want to breathe, but I have control. Come back to me, Christopher. Hunt with me. Why do you let the bloodlust burn you every night and every day? We need to feed to survive. Would a starving man on the verge of death turn down a dinner because it was chicken and he was a vegetarian? (laughs) Or would he eat it anyway because it was all he had that could stop the pain? Fight, 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 fight. (laughs) And then Christopher loses his control. Nom, nom, nom. No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Nicholas reached around Sarah and held her wrists. As Christopher Christopher wrapped an arm around her waist to hold her still. Sarah gasped as twin sets of fangs pierced her skin. Christopher on the right. Oh, and Nicholas on the left. (laughs) (laughs) It gets worse. Without her magic, she had no further defense and she collapsed beneath the combined pressure of their minds. When Nicholas and Christopher stilled her throat, she sank to her knees. Both brothers pulled away after a few moments, and their gazes met for barely a second. It's not Mm, gay. Not gay if you don't look. Uh, Nicholas turned away first, bent to retrieve Christopher's knife from where it had fallen, and handed it to his brother. Christopher took the knife as if he were in a trance and made a cut just below his own throat. Sarah turned away, but Christopher forced her to look at him, and at that line of blood that beaded on his skin. They'd barely taken any of her blood, but even so, she could feel the thirst that always fell on a vampire's prey, and she could not look away. No. She says no. (laughs) She says no. Her voice was soft, almost frightened. Christopher touched his fingers to his own blood and painted her lips with it, forcing her mouth open. She tasted the blood of the damned, and she could not resist. Leaning her head forward to the cut on his chest, she drank. The blood was sweet and thick and magical, and she wanted it so much. He pushed her away after a moment. And Nicholas turned her to himself, drawing his blade across his own skin, a mirror wound to Christopher's. Once again, she drank. Then Nicholas pushed her away too, and she felt her mind spin downward as the blood entered her system. Blackness finally swallowed her, and she fell into the oblivion of unconsciousness. And that's how Sarah becomes a vampire! Well, that's how she becomes bloodbound, because Christopher has to, like, change her later. But, like, that's basically the last action she gets, is fucking these two tag-teaming her, (laughs) and she's like, mm, I'm drinking, and they're like, yeah, no, you don't get to get off. Here, I'm gonna give you my (laughs) brother. And he's like, no, no, you don't get to get off, I told you. Ugh. It's so gross. I can't believe she says no. She physically she says, says no. No. Sarah says no. And where she's like, mm, the blood is sweet and I can't resist. That's not Sarah. No, that's still not consent because they just did it. That's magical fucking compulsion right there. Ugh. Team Sarah. She deserved better. It's so gross. It's so horrifying. 
Yep. Yep, I agree. And then, like, from there, the next chapter is Adiana's, and then it's Sarah waking up to Christopher feeding her his memories and her being like, I guess Nicholas isn't so bad. Yeah, Nicholas is fine. And I'm like, I said no, but it's fine. I said no. I said no. The last thing she says is no. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. No, it's a problem. And and just like, you know, just like blood and chocolate, you can only look at this book and be like, oh god, Sarah, you poor thing. This is not about her learning that vampires are not evil. This is her being brainwashed and being forced to give up everything that was sacred to her and reject her own life. Yep. It is pretty fucking rough. <sighs> Alright, let me see. I got a couple more notes. Okay. Um, oh, okay. This I can't fucking stand. We have Christopher slash Christopher. We have Christine Brunswick. Then we have Christine Richards slash Kristen. Then we have Kaleo and we have Karen. I can't handle the fucking names being like just constantly that way. Like, why did she need to be a Christine Kristen? Why did Christine need to be there when we already had Christopher? Like, fucking call her Mary. <laughs> like, there's, there's ways to avoid having the same fucking name over and over again. Let's change this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, what I love and what we haven't mentioned is that Christopher and Nicholas spelled C H the C H's to K's. Yes. Yeah. When they're in evil vampire mode, and when the book and it changes in the text, it too. does. Yeah. When the book wants to let you know they're in evil vampire mode, Christopher will be spelled with a K R instead of a C H. Which is why it's very strange that the very last line is as Christopher had pointed out, she had forever. Like, wouldn't Christopher have pointed that out? Nope, because Christopher has gone over to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And so. But it like two two fucking sentences before it was Christopher instead of Christopher. Oh yeah, it flip flops back and forth, and we're supposed to like read meaning into that. But I, I guess it's I silly. guess the evil one told her she had forever. <sighs> and they sign their names, and people are like, "Oh, I guess it's somebody else." I think I think that we should just take one of those twins out and have Christopher be Nicholas. But, like, he goes by Christopher now when he's, like, being an okay vampire. But when he's in evil mode, he's Nicholas, because that's, like, the name he actually goes by. And for him to be trying to get Nyssa to come back and hunt with him and shit, for Nyssa to be the Christopher of it, being like, I gave up on feeding on humans after that incident. It was terrible. And probably also not siblings. Maybe, like, they had been together forever. Like, let's do that. Uh... So that, like, Christopher is, like, going to school trying to, like, win Nyssa back over to be like, come hang out with me and do shit with me. Like, I miss you. And then, like, the rest of the time being like, yeah, no, I haven't actually changed. <laughs> I'm I'm totally this Nicholas you've been hunting. So that when she shows up and is like, oh my god, it's Christopher, what's he doing here? For it to just be the same fucking person. <laughs> not, not my evil twin. Right? Like, no, let's just do it that way. <sighs> oh, twice now we've had a chance for new vampire-tainted bloodlines akin to the Aruns, speaking of. Uh, in Demon of My View, when Karen saved Jessica mm -hmm. and uh, used Aubrey's power to channel through her. They both mention it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both mention it. And then Adiana's like, ooh, this hasn't happened since, you know, the Aruns and that happened and this was there. Like, this better fucking pay off eventually. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. Both of you better be, like, filled with vampire, like, taint. 
Let's go. No, no, no. It's just another thing that the va- the witches use to scare them. They're like, if you touch a vampire, you'll be vampire tainted. Don't touch that vampire. And then your children will be vampires and you'll all be like the fucking runs who we hate. <laughs> yep. It's just, it's another fucking like boogeyman, boogeyman. story that they tell it's them. It's another Dominique with her pen in the fucking ledger. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, that Aaron lady touched a vampire once and now all of her kids are vampire tainted. Don't do it, Sarah. Don't, <laughs> Don't do, do it, do Karen. It. <laughs> uh last note for me is random adiana chapter at the end like i know yeah. i touched on this briefly but i'm a big uh fan of characters being awake for the climax i really <laughs> what a wild idea i really despise switching suddenly to another character when all of these chapters had been from sarah's perspective like literally not one of them was even from nicholas or christopher's perspective nope. this was sarah's fucking book Mm-hmm. and she's asleep. Like, I think the way to do this would be for Sarah to be passed out and suddenly Adiana's there and she's like, what's going on? And she's like, I found you. This is what's going on. You've got a choice. And for Sarah to be like, what? And then like, Adiana being like, hold on, I- I'll be right back. And then coming back and being like, Christopher's here. He says he can turn you into a vampire. What do you want to do? Instead, nope, she's fucking asleep and she doesn't get a choice in it. And then when she wakes up, she's like, I guess I, I understand and appreciate all of you because I don't feel any different, so... Right, I see your perspective now. I was wrong. Racism is bad. <laughs> Against people who are literally literal that's how murders. They survive. Literal this murders. It's not racism. It's not even and again, this would be a bad metaphor if they were just vegetarian vampires. It's not even that. Mm-hmm. They're murderer vampires. They're not vegetarian vampires. Like we get we get vegetarian vampires in other books. Yep. Like Nope, they're carved their name into girls' arms vampires. Right, and that's the thing too, like, Nicholas doesn't ask for consent, he just carves you and then is like, can I make you mine now? And I'm like, well, you already fucking carved your name into my goddamn skin, you dick. Yeah, this is what makes Nicholas's, like, recollection of all of their people being willing to die extremely suspect. Right? It's like, I think you guys are influencing people's opinions. I think you just think that everybody wants you and is willing to die so that you can have your sustenance. I think you're a murderer. Yeah, uh, pretty sure that when people show up and you're like, hello, I can do this shit. If you want to die, it'll be easy. If you don't want to die, it'll be painful. Boy, I sure do want to (laughs) die. Gently, thank you. So, uh, I mean, this may be a little early to call it, but, uh, rock bottom? Yes, no? Does it get worse? Uh, I'm gonna go with probably this is rock bottom. This is probably, hopefully as bad as it gets, but I don't know, like, we've read Midnight Predator for other stuff. And mm-hmm. we have opinions on, like, um, worse vampires being love in- active love interests. Like, Christopher isn't really a love interest in this. He's he's in love with her, he mm-hmm. says, he thinks, but mostly he just wants to fuck her. And she's like, I would like to be friends. And he's like, don't you fucking friend zone me. I'll turn you into a fucking <laughs> vampire. Like, and she says no, and he does it anyway. And she's still, even at the end of it, is like, hey, I need to go sort my shit out. And he's like, it's cool, we've got forever, I'll fuck you eventually. Right? I will stalk you until one or the other of us is not on this earth anymore. <laughs> I will love bomb you and gaslight you. These are my tricks. Ugh. So, so Christopher is bad, but I feel like Midnight Predator's love interest is probably worse. Uh, I agree. Considering I agree what he is. But I think that that one, we've got more character agency for the protagonist, so I'm hoping that, like, it turns out better. But I, I do think that, like, this one is 
really rough and I would skip it if I was someone who was reading this series. Like it doesn't, you don't need it. No nope. life. You don't need to see this girl be everything that she goes through. Like, no, you don't, you don't need it. Nope. Um, and like, we know that there's, there's good stuff coming. Yes, that's true. We only have what three more books before we get to Hawk Song. So, uh, do we? I think we only have two more books. Oh yeah, that's true, isn't it? I don't know why yeah, I thought cause... there was something after Midnight Predator. Nope, nope. We're gonna read All Just Glass next time, and then we'll read Midnight Predator. And we're only reading All Just Glass because it is the only actual sequel. It's it's out of order in the backlist, but I'd like to see what happens. Uh, to 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 honestly, after reading this, to just put this to bed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to come back to this after reading the the Shapeshifter series. I really don't. Agreed. So it, it'll just be the that one and Midnight Predator, and then we can read Hawk Song, which I have Yay. high hopes for. Yeah, same. And and you know, honestly, I have some high hopes on Midnight Predator as well because of what the protagonist gets to do to her actual antagonist. So mm-hmm. high hopes. All right, this has been Backlist and Chill. I am Ollie. You can find me on Twitter at Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S. You can find our podcast there as well at Backlist Podcast. Or you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlist and chill, uh, where you get the episodes uh, a few days in advance if you are a patron donor, mm-hmm. uh, or as it stands, a few weeks in advance. This is like the first time that we've recorded since we actually put our stuff up on like iTunes and shit. So patreon.com slash backlist and chill for stuff super early. Uh, I'm on Twitter at endless underscore run. Uh, yeah. All right. It's been, uh, surreal. (laughs) Yep. See y'all next time.